Well, hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning into the Center Point Podcast. My name is Billy. And I'm Lowell. And we're here hanging out with you wherever you're at. Hopefully, this is a blessing to you. It really is a blessing to us, Lowell. You know, to be able to do this, be able to spend time together, just talking about Bible, talking about real life, and figuring out how to translate that into uh, information to our people so they can grow closer to the Lord as well. So That's very uh, true. And if you're if you're a regular listener of the podcast, you know that we have started a, a new series that we're doing here um, for our weekly podcast. We're looking back at the Old Testament. And so today, we're going to focus particularly on Genesis 1 and 2. That's right. Yep. That's right. Hey, um, you just said that Nancy bumped into one of my old teachers, believe it or not. Yes, and from she mi- described from little Billy Hearn as a very unique young <laughs> man. So. <laughs> so it didn't just happen, everybody. This has been my whole life I've been that unique. Uh, you, got a, you got any thoughts or stories about... About middle school, that kind of pop into your mind. As yeah, they certainly do. Now, I, I doubt I was today. as quite as unique as you were because I'm still not as unique as you are. <laughs> That's all a good thing, though. But I do remember uh, middle school science class, and I'll, I'll I'll allow the teacher to remain nameless because okay. you know just in case. But in case she's listening to the podcast, for yes. Bible in case Church? the teacher happened to be listening, let's just say that there wasn't a lot of classroom control. Okay. Okay. But man, we had fun. We really did. There was this one experiment you would do where you would now, drop. Now, what grade are you thinking? I'm you're talking in? like seventh grade. Okay. Yes. And my wife is a middle school teacher. She might not appreciate this story. But um, do, do you remember the experiment that you would do where you would take a shell and you would put it in like some kind of acid? HCl. Yeah. What Hydro- is that? I think it's hydrochloric acid. Oh, what a gifted student yeah. you were. Yes. So <laughs> I carried a bottle of that home on the bus with me. That's how old I am. They're like, here, take this hydrochloric acid home with you. I'm- so hydrochloric? I think so. Okay. So when you mix it with shells, there's like this huge like reaction. Okay. I mean, it's not huge, actually. It's just it fizzes and all that stuff. Yeah. And one time this young man, the teacher ran out, walked out of the room, which is never a good thing. And he got up, I, I guess he knew what would happen, and there was this large container of shells, and okay. he pours it into this giant beaker. It was this beaker that was like a couple gallons. Yeah. I mean, it was a huge beaker. Mm-hmm. He drops all those shells into the beaker, and then he runs and gets the HCL like in about a gallon jug. Oh my goodness. And just takes the lid off and drops <laughs> it in the beaker and goes and sits down. And what this happened? thing, oh, it like... I mean, it wasn't a column, like a geyser, but it was just bubbled over real high. I mean, it was just, and everybody just... In my mind, I think uh, Mentos and Diet Coke. That's exactly, yeah. It did not shoot that way, but that same idea. So the same kid, another time, I think this might have been his last day at our school. (laughs) So, So the teacher, I almost named the teacher, the teacher was always dealing with this one boy, and the the, te- the the young man said, hey, I, I think I've got something in my eye. And he runs over to this contraption that we had in our science room where it was like the shower. Do you remember this thing had a big chain on it? Oh, everybody did. And you, if, you know... Everybody I, had the, the desire in their mind. Man, I wonder what would happen if I pulled that and thing. And he did it. He goes over and he grabs <laughs> that chain and the teacher's like, don't you do it. Don't you do it. <laughs> And sure enough, he pulls that thing. You would not believe the amount of water that comes out of that. I mean, it just drenches you. Whoosh. 
Oh, it was man. oh funny stuff. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was yeah, a good time. You have that. You have that thought. Like, what is going to happen if you do those things? Yeah. So the reason why I bring up that story, I, I appreciate you prodding me in that direction. We were talking about this earlier, and we were thinking through today. Is the eyelid? Now, here's here's my thing. So, if you get something in your eye, it takes that giant deluge of water mm-hmm. to to protect you. They had this mm-hmm. eye washer thing that you would squeeze and shoot water in your eye. Right, right. But what is amazing is the eyelid. You know, you wash your hair in the morning and you close your eyes and the shampoo just runs over your face and your eyes don't burn. Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing the design of the eyelid mm-hmm. that it shuts and it it keeps all the impurities out, the mm-hmm. dust, the the dirt, liquid. What an amazing design yeah. the Comple- eyelid yeah, is. Yeah, the, the, the lid, the eyelids are completely closed. The eyelashes form another bit of protection. You even have your, the eyebrow that when things come on your come down your your face, it does it does push whatever the substance is a little bit off to the side. Yes, and we it's, bring up this story, that story, this this fact of the human creature. Because today we're going to look at Genesis 1 and 2, which are the chapters of the Bible that describe the creation of everything that we see, mm-hmm. of, of all the earth and its inhabitants. And we're, we're walking through um, the Old Testament, the, the First Testament, as we said one other time, and we're going to focus, first of all, on the primeval history section of the Old Testament. Prime evil history. Now, yes. what does prime that, evil that just means history? Early in time, okay? okay? And we're going to focus on four major events in Genesis 1 through 11. And they'd be the creation, the fall, the flood, and Babel. Yeah. So today mm-hmm. we're going to talk about the creation. Well, I think uh, as we discuss it, you, you really did a good job of of helping my mind start churning toward the the amazing, the majesty of creation. Mm. But if you're listening to this podcast and you're looking for uh, a, a defense of Genesis 1 and 2, you're not going to get a defense of Genesis 1 and 2. In previous podcasts, we said that we're not, what did you say? We're not. I don't believe the Bible because of science. Right. You believe it because you believe I'm a the biblicist. Bible. A biblicist believes the Bible. Yes. We put our trust in God's Word. Now, I actually have a bit of a background in math and science. That's what my undergraduate studies were in. But I don't believe the Bible because of science. I mean, I think science can be brought in as evidence to to bolster our faith. Sure, sure. But I believe the Bible because I'm a follower of God, and He has told me in His Word that this Bible is inspired. Mm-hmm. And I believe because of God is truth. He cannot lie. And when he breathed out scripture, it is necessary then inerrant. And we see God describes how he made the heavens and the earth in Genesis 1 through 2. What's interesting about that to me, one of the many things, is he describes the creation of everything in just two chapters, two chapters Mm -hmm. of scripture. Mm -hmm. Now, if you continue through scripture, he spends a huge amount of time describing it. I mean, like the, the character of Abraham, the biblical personality yeah. of Abraham, mm-hmm. spends 13 chapters. Yeah, there's a lot There's a lot of Genesis yes. that is devoted to Abraham. But yet only two chapters on the creation. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. almost like the Lord is like, hey, I did this, and it's really not that big of a deal to me because I just right. made it happen. Right. That we look at it, and the only way that science can explain what we see around us is the only way they can get there is millions and millions of years. 
you've heard of the name Richard. Um, oh, I just lost it. Richard Dawkins. Yeah. Um, so he he is a person that an atheist that Richard um, Dawkins, Stephen Hawking. Yes, these are some these, these are some mm-hmm. well known atheistic writers, and in Dawkins' work, he actually hints that maybe it was aliens that put us upon the earth. So he's held up as this great scientist, but yet at the end of the day, he can't, he struggles himself. He's got to come up with something right. to explain the start. Right. And as you read the Bible, you, you, there are comments and verses and passages that may give uh, validation, or they, they do give validation to the little creation story, but the Bible is not written to be a defense of the creation story. No, it's not. This just it's just taken as truth. Yes. And people progress from that. You know, we don't we can't go to a a, a chapter that has a uber defense of all these things that that happened. I mean, look how it starts. Genesis 1:1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Mhm. I mean, no, no need to explain, mm-hmm. no desire to rationalize. It's almost like God is saying, why, why do I have to explain myself to you? Mm-hmm. This is what I did. And we, we approach Scripture understanding the, the existence of God. Now, later on in Scripture, in Romans 1, Romans 2, we see that man is without excuse because he can see creation and then therefore understands the nature of God and the existence of God. But God God makes no effort to defend his existence, and mm. neither do you. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't walk up to somebody and say, you know, hi, I'm Billy Hearn. Let me prove to you that I am real, mm-hmm. that I am true, that I exist. You're just like, hey, here I am, mm-hmm. you know, and, and God is the same way. That's a good point. That's actually a good point. I think it'd be good for us to just take a look at Genesis 1 and 2 and the time that we have in our podcast. Let's just think about how awesome creation is. We'll go mm-hmm. through, maybe we'll go through the days and discuss yeah. it a little bit, but really just think about how awesome the creator is that would create something so wonderful as his creation. Well, I, that's that's a great point. Let's So let's think about this. So God explains that he created the heavens and the earth in six days. Mm-hmm. Now, there's some discussion that people have of whether those are 24-hour days and that kind of thing. I, I personally hold that they are mm-hmm. literal 24-hour days. I have reasons that I believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, the ordinal numbers that are attached to the days, day one, day two, day three, mm-hmm. that eliminates the idea of long periods of time. Okay, the Exodus chapter 20, when the Ten Commandments are given, God says that he created the heavens and the earth in six days. On the seventh day, he rested. So therefore, we should, well, the Old Testament Old Testament followers should practice the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the... The, 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 word mo- day, the word day, the word day in and of itself does not mean anything but a day. Right, and you have that... that Evening and morning, there is an association of the start and the end mm-hmm. of this day. How mm-hmm. do you have that for long periods of time? Yeah. You yeah. know, so I hold that this is 24 mm-hmm. literal, 20, 24 literal days, 24 hour days, okay, mm-hmm. a literal hour, that there were six of them. Um, I personally hold to a young earth creation account. Which which mean that the earth, in my opinion, as I read the Bible, it doesn't really matter what my opinion is. But the Bible indicates that the earth is a recent creation, so that doesn't mean 
you know, 50 years, I would say somewhere between six and 10,000 years is, is probably a, a pretty good estimate. But the whole point is not 230 million years. Right. As the placard said at Blackwater Falls yeah. last week when Nancy and I were there looking at it. Yeah, I, it, I actually was thinking about that just a, just a minute ago. And you had said that you'd gone to Blackwater Falls and looked at a plaque, and underneath it it said 235? I can't remember, was it I can't remember what the number was right 235 now. million years ago. Yeah, but it's like, seriously, you, you are claiming to have that kind of knowledge that you can nail it down Give to... Give or take a million years. Yes, come on. You know, it's just, it's just the, you know, some some creationists that are around uh, now. They have their tag phrase is "Were you there?" Yes. You know, Were you there to see that happen? Were you there? So and hey, that's that's straight out of the Book of Job. Yeah, that's what God oh, that says is true. to Job. That is true. Were you there? That's you know. True. So that's that's not. It's a it's a pretty good mm-hmm. argument to make. Mm-hmm. But and and listen now, the the evolutionist that hears this would say, well, your idea is just as crazy as ours. 230 versus 220 or 240 million. Mm-hmm. That you're saying that God did this in six literal days. Yeah, that's because we believe in a supernatural God. Yes. Who said he could do this mm-hmm. and did. So let's look at it just okay, we're getting a little bit carried yeah, yeah, away yeah. here. Let's, we, let's, let's make sure we talk around. about it a little bit. Yeah. So six literal days is what we're referring to. And and they certainly break down break down into kind of two groups of three. Okay. All right. So you have the first three days of the creation, where God kind of creates the environment, the habitat, okay? So on day one, what happens? He creates the heavens and the earth. Okay, well, that's, yes, and then you know, just keep going to verse number three, and God said, let there be light, Right. and there was light, and it was good. So God creates the, the heavens and the earth, that's a broad general form, and then he creates light. So now we have light and we have darkness, okay? Then we flash forward to day number two, and, and God there does uh, something else. He creates... Creates water. And the sky. That's right. exactly right. Separate. So, he creates a, an expanse, a separation of those two. Yeah, so he's creating the environment, okay? And then on day three, so now he, he's got this these two different sort of environments, and what the Lord does there on day three is he, is he gathers the waters into one place, and from that we now have land. Mm-hmm. And upon that land, God sprouts vegetation. So at the end of day three, we have the environment prepared for God to bring inhabitants. So the first three days are about the habitat. The second three days are about the inhabitants. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now I want you to fill it up, Pastor Billy. So what? So let's talk through what happens on the, the second set of three days. Well, uh, he starts, as you said, he starts to create inhabitants. So the first thing is, uh, uh, he verse number fourteen, light. I think it is. Yes, mm-hmm. and then he uh, sep- he puts something specific in the sky. So we have a general term for light in day one, and day four we have a specific lights that are that he places in the sky: a greater light and a lesser light. That's exactly right. And and these are literally, they're the word light bearers. In verse number 16, God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. Mm-hmm. Now, something I think it's interesting there is he doesn't say to light the day. He has this greater light to rule the day. Mm-hmm. See, God is light. I don't think the first, I know, 
The first three days, if we'd have landed there, you're not stumbling around in the darkness. Mm-hmm. He created light in the very beginning. But now he creates a great light to rule the day. Now think about how our calendar system works. Think about how our clock works. This is God creating, you might think of it really as time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's creating a time-keeping element to what all is happening throughout our day. So this light is ruling the day and this other light, this this great light but a lesser light to rule the night. Well, it, you know, he is not a God of disorder. He's a God of order. Hmm. So even when we're looking at these six days, there is an order to how he is creating what we know as all of creation. Yeah. Let's get through it here. Verse number 20, now God fills it, fills, so he's, he's already made the habitat. He has a yep. ruling light for the night, a ruling night for the day. And so just then like on in day, what are we on? Five. Day five. So just like day two, day two was air and water, uh-huh. sky and water. Day five, we have what inhabits those areas, the air, birds, what inhabits the water, fish. Yeah. Yeah. So he created, you know, from the habitat to the inhabitant. Yes. And then we come to day six, and God now makes more inhabitants, animals and man. That's right. Animals and man. Mm-hmm. And um, two things that I think would be worthwhile for us to look at, and then we'll we'll take a little break. Um, so you see in at verse number 25... God made the beast of the earth according to their kinds and the livestock according to their kinds and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Good. Mm-hmm. It's good. But notice in verse number 31, okay? Why don't you read that for us there, Pastor Billy? God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. So I wonder what happened. Mm-hmm. What went from good to very good. From verse 26 to verse 31, something had to have happened between there yeah. for him to create it as very good. All on day six. Yep. It's all so, on day six. So when we come back, we'll uh, we'll actually jump into that specifically, what happened on day six, and uh, it'll be it's a blessing to me, and hopefully it'll be a blessing to you all as well. So uh, we'll be right back, and uh, stay tuned, and uh, we'll jump back into creation. Centerpoint Bible Church exists to point others to Jesus Christ in His Word, and we want to encourage you to come out and visit us sometime. We're presently meeting at Faith Christian Academy. Our service is at 9.30, and our focus hour starts at 11 o'clock. You can get information on our website at centerpointwv.org. Thanks for listening, and we pray that you would seek after Jesus. Hey, thanks for sticking with us and staying tuned to uh, listen to the rest of our podcast. Uh, I'm Billy. I'm Lowell. And we're here talking about creation. We're talking about Genesis 1 and 2. Uh, We're talking about the amazingness of God in his creation. Now, when we just left you, we were talking about something that was good in verse 26, but something that was very good in verse 31 of Genesis chapter 1. But before we do... Uh, oh man! Oh, what is it, oh. Lowell? You, Lowell, you have a. Pro- it oh, seems like Lowell has a problem. <laughs> got something in my eye. 
<laughs> not really. No. But what do you always say about that? That's your exactly eye? right. You, you, uh, we were we were chatting about um, things that we don't want to get injured. You know, our head, me, I got bad knees. But often it comes, I just don't like anything in my eye or bother my eye. I have eye problems. I'm blind without contacts. But I am pretty concerned about losing my sight or having a problem with my sight. He is. He brings it up all the time. I don't. Okay, I do. (laughs) I understand, though. I mean, that is a real fear. And getting older, my eyes are getting worse. We have a personal friend that's lost his vision in one eye, and that's a big deal. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and we, we, we talked about the eyelid in the first half of our podcast. Um, let's go I, deeper. Yeah. Let's deeper, go beyond, let's go beyond the, the eyelid deep into the truth. eye. So the into the eye, I saw this fact the other day, and it just blew my mind. So the new iPhone is the iPhone, is it 11? Is that right? I think so. I think it is. Okay. And they're all excited because as a 12 megapixel camera i think yeah that's good now i might be wrong somebody out there might be like no no it's a 14 but yeah but i think it's a 12 megapixel mm-hmm. and that's really good yeah thousand hd uh whatever all types of stuff yeah that you can, and, and but you know. this is the this is a measurement as i understand of the quality of the image that it can produce mm-hmm. okay so it's 12 megapixels and everybody's excited about that mm-hmm but the eye, the human eye, if you were to measure its the similar measurement for about as far as the quality of the image that it can that it views, it's been rated at five hundred and seventy six megapixels. Five hundred. So the iPhone seventy six. The iPhone eleven that we're all excited about is a twelve, mm-hmm. and the average human eye. I guess I guess this would be unless you have you know vision issues. Mm-hmm. Five hundred and seventy-six megapixel. That's forty-eight times what the most recent mm-hmm. iPhone is. Mm-hmm. It just speaks to the amazing. It's yeah. amazingness of God yeah. to create that that gift, that blessing, that care to give us something as amazing as an yeah. eye to be able and to see these things. Approaching seven billion of them times two right now mm-hmm. on this planet, mm-hmm. you know. So it's just it's just the majesty of God that He made this creature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are creatures yeah. because we're created. That's yeah. where that comes from. And we are. He's not a creature. Mm-hmm. He wasn't created. So just the majesty of God that He made mm-hmm. us. And we have two eyes to give us give us depth, give us a, a perception. Mm. I mean. It is it is amazing how God is the creator of all, but we need to stop and appreciate that. Yes, I think of um, the sun. We talked about that in, in the in the first little bit. And the sun and the moon, the greater and the lesser lesser lights, and how the sun is four hundred times bigger than the moon. Mm. It's also that just show, before you go any further the, the immensity the size it is unbelievable of the sun it is unbelievable the yeah. size of the sun uh huh and it's also amazingly enough four hundred times farther away from the Earth than the moon the moon than the moon so it's four hundred times bigger and, and four hundred times, times farther so what's that matter that that means it's an exact um, the radius is the exact with the moon and the sun, even though the moon is so close and the sun is so far. That we perceive yes, that, we that can, their diameter When we look at it with our, with our eye, with mm-hmm. our natural eye, 
we see that they are the same size, the appearance the appearance of the same size in the sky. And that means we can have an eclipse. That's exactly right. Hmm. So we, and, and not only, you know, the, again, the amazingness of God is that we'll have a, the moon come in front of the sun and completely block it out. So I guess that means if it was further away, the sun was further away than 400 times, it wouldn't fully block it out. We'd have like a donut in the sky rather than an eclipse. That's, that's right. It, huh. it, it, needs to, it needs to be just right. Wow. And scientists have said in searching out with big, huge uh, telescopes, tel- I said microscope, big microscope, big telescopes, that the earth is the only place in the universe that they have found where this is the case. That's wow. how that's how specific God's creation is. Well, I'm reminded of Colossians 1 where it says that Jesus Christ is not only the creator but the sustainer. Mm-hmm. So not not just that that happened. That's amazing in itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that it's sustained. I mean, I don't know much about astronomy, but I do know that we're going around the sun, okay? Mm-hmm. And and that 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 proportion is sustained mm-hmm. so that it continues to go for all of time. Well, you're referencing the perfection of where we, how we are specifically gravitationally in the perfect spot hmm. because we're not so far away from the sun that the earth spins off. We're not so close to the sun that, we're draw, that the earth is drawn into the sun. We, have, we are sustained throughout perfectly gravitationally not only from the sun to the earth but even us on the earth i mean you could go on and on about the amazingness of creation we really could and this is listen this is very biblical to do what we're doing because in romans 1 it it clearly says that god's invisible attributes his eternal power his divine nature they're clearly perceived since the creation of the world. So it says then that we are really without excuse. When mm-hmm. mankind denies the existence of God, they're without excuse. They, you can look around, you can see these things. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get back to Genesis yeah, 1. Yeah, Genesis 1, 26 and Genesis 1, 31. What, what's going on well, here? Well, yeah, our, our, our kind of our outline for the second half is pretty simple. It's this, good, not good, very good. Mm-hmm. Something was good. Something was not good, and then something was very good. Mm -hmm. And what this will demonstrate to us is part of God's specific design of mankind. We've looked at the physical design, say, of the eyeball and the eyelid, okay, of our vision and our eyelid. But now we're going to look at something else that God has uh, created in mankind, and it's an important thing for us to understand. And I know you, Pastor Billy, it's going to mean a lot to you. So in Genesis 1.25, <laughs> um, it says that, that after God created the animals, okay, mm-hmm. and, and the inhabitants, that he looked around and God saw that it was good. Mm-hmm. And then it jumps into verse number 26 and it says, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Just incidentally there, what do you notice about the pronouns? Well, it's plural. They're plural. Mm-hmm. They're plural. God refers to himself here with a plurality mm-hmm. of person. Not, I don't think this proves the Trinity or anything like that, but it certainly alludes to mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So God now makes man 
and he gives him dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heaven, over the livestock and over the earth and every creeping, creeping thing that creeps on it. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. And what's the next phrase say? Male and female, mm-hmm. he created them. So God made, so this is all on day six. Now think about this. He makes all the animals. Mm-hmm. He makes all the insects. He makes everything that lives on land. Now, that might blow your mind because if you think about the number of of creatures that there are on the earth, but we should we should reference here that it says that he made everything according to its kind. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, you know, he didn't make my shit zoo and your what is your dog? A uh, mini schnauzer. A mini schnauzer and the beagle and the basset hound. It's not like every single breed of right. dog was That's created right. on that day. Cuz the amazing thing is, you can take what is your thing again? The mini schnauzer. Yeah, the, the mini schnauzer. <laughs> you can take that dog and you can take my shih tzu and you can fool around with those two animals and you can create A other, mini schnauzer. You can create other breeds. Yes, that's true. Yes. In those dogs, it's, it's the amazing part of God's creation. Right. We so, would call that actually. We would call that microevolution. Uh, that that would it happens within a kind within a species. There's variations within it, but not macroevolution. Yes. You can't combine your dog and my dog and make a cat. Yes, that doesn't. That's macroevolution. That's, Same thing that's, with human beings. God made that's one right. human being. Okay, right. Adam, and then He made Eve, and from those, from that one couple, come every race that there is. That's right. So inside of any human being is the potential to produce any race that mm-hmm. you can imagine. Mm-hmm. So what's that show us? There is no difference. That's exactly right. Okay? Any when kind you, of racism read, is, when, goes yes. against creationism. When you mm-hmm. read the Bible and you put your trust in God's Word, it really it answers every question that you will have on this earth. Where did the races come Where from? Where do races come from? Yes. And how do I treat, how do I treat someone from another race? Like a human being. Yes. That's how you so, treat them. Right. So, man, there's so much here. We're having a hard yes. time getting it all in. So he, so he saw that it was good, and then God made the the man and the woman. And, and Genesis 1 and 2 are very interesting because Genesis 1 gives us the broad picture of everything that God did. Mm-hmm. But Genesis 2 now, what Genesis 2 does is it's like the Lord kind of changes the filter on these lenses, and we now focus more clearly on man and woman, how God created the male and mm-hmm. the female. Like the really, literally the day six portion of it. Yes. It's mm-hmm. it's like, you know, we slicing, know what happens day six. It in. Yes. We know mm-hmm. what happens on day six. Now let's look at what happened at a moment in day six. That's chapter two. Right. Okay. We don't know how long that moment was. It might have been an hour. It might have been a minute. It could have been an instant. Mm-hmm. We don't know. But there's an operation that occurs mm-hmm. in Genesis chapter two. And it's it's described throughout it, but let's just briefly look at at the moment when God created, when God took the man and created woman. In verse number twenty, it says, "But for Adam, there was no found; it was not found a helper for it for him. So the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Mm-hmm. So looking at our at our outline that we gave, the good, not good, very good. The good would be the creation on day six. It was good. Yeah, it was, it was good. good. It was good. And then right before that, the verse that you referenced, the Lord said, it is not good for man to be alone. Oh, so we have something that happened on day six that was not good. Which is curious. Yeah. It is very curious. 
God made the hum- made the animals, said it was good. Mm-hmm. God made man and said something was not good. Mm-hmm. And what was that something? Well, that he was alone. He was alone. He was alone. Looking at all the other creatures, and then he looks at himself, and, he, and Adam realized, wait a second, everybody's in a pair except for me. Yeah, and, and understand, it's not Adam that said everybody's in That's a pair right. except for me. It's God that said it's not good that man should be alone. That's so, a good point. Yeah, it's not That's that— That's a very good point. It's not that Adam looked around and said, oh, man, I don't have anybody to talk to. Right. It's and he, God yeah, said yeah. it's not good mm-hmm. that man should be alone. So we went from good, the animals, your mini schnauzer, the cattle, and the mm-hmm. grasshopper, okay, mm-hmm. and, and all the others, good. God makes man— and somewhere then after the time that he made man, God looked at man and said, this isn't good. Mm-hmm. It's not good that man should be alone. Now, why did I say that was going to be so important to you? Because I love my babe. <laughs> okay, I maybe. love my woman. <laughs> that's not what I was really driving at, but oh. that's, that's important. I know relationships are very important are. for are. you. Yes. Yeah. And speaking, you know, going beyond, you know, this, what God is referencing is, not just a vertical relationship of him and Adam, but the horizontal relationship of man, mankind, and specifically here, man and woman. So what happens then, so as we said, Genesis 2 kind of focuses in and gives us a little more detail about what God did. But then we're going to now come back out, and at the end of Genesis chapter 1, which remember, Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 are not really chronologically related to one another. Mm-hmm. And, and they're not in a chronological order. Right. Genesis 1 contains Genesis 2. Genesis 2 right. is part of Genesis That's 1. exactly right. Some people read this and they say, oh, there's two creation accounts. Right. No, there isn't. Mm-hmm. It's just like if I were to say to you, I drove to work this morning, and then I said, you know, I stopped at 7-Eleven this morning and got some chapstick. I didn't just tell you two stories of me coming to work. Mm-hmm. I described it the first time in a broad general term, and then I was more specific with what I did during my journey. Mm-hmm. Same mm-hmm. way with Genesis 1 and Genesis yeah. 2. But where does it end? Let's let's wrap it up. Where does Genesis 1 end at verse number 31? You got it for us there? I think you do. God saw that all he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning on the sixth day. Okay, six days, and it is very good. Mm-hmm. So we saw here, started good on day six. God said, hey, this is good. Halfway through the day, I'm just making, I don't know that it was halfway. Sometime during the day, right. God said, this is not good. Adam mm-hmm. agreed with him. Mm-hmm. So then God did more, and then God said, it is very good. Now, before we wrap up our podcast, because it's time, um, one question that I would like to pose to all of our listeners If God said it is so good at the end of chapter 1, and if we understand that the end of chapter 1 is actually also the end of chapter Mm 2, right? Mm -hmm. Because chapter 2 is contained within chapter 1. Very true. So at the end of this creation account, God says it's all very good. Then why on earth are things so bad? Hmm. It's a great question. That's a great question. It's a worldview question. You know, we don't have time to talk about it. No. But we will the next time. That's right. 
we'll definitely we'll definitely hit that. You know, it's something you can do today and just in response to listening to the podcast is go out and enjoy creation. Go out and enjoy it. See what God has made and enjoy it. Also, you can bring up creation in conversations. You don't need to defend the Bible. You don't need to defend uh, um, something specific in uh, politically or anything like that. But you can just discuss creation with people. Point people to the Creator through the creation. And then by doing that, you can show the Creator of all creation through general revelation and point people to Him. And that's what we want. We want to point people to Jesus Christ and His Word. And hopefully that'll happen. Check out the show notes on centerpointwv.org. And thanks for listening to us. And uh, remember, we're nothing special here, nothing fancy. We just want to be real like Jesus is.